It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Now 40 restaurants across the UK. Find out where at germandonerkebab.com. You've made it to Wednesday, midway through the week, and just to push us towards the weekend, why not chat football? This is Football Social Daily, your only seven-day-a-week podcast focusing on the Premier League. Every day, we look at the big talking points from the English top flight, and on today's update, we'll discuss Liverpool, a rare defeat for Jurgen Klopp's Reds at the hands of Atletico Madrid in the Champions League last night. A first chink in the armour, or is it nothing to worry about? Also, Tottenham are in European action as they take on the exciting German side RB Leipzig, but they'll have to do so with a depleted front line as Jose Mourinho has confirmed Son Heung-min will be out for the rest of the season with a broken arm. Plus, West Ham are desperate for Premier League points as they strive for survival, but it doesn't get much tougher than their next two games, Manchester City and Liverpool, and it's a trip to the Etihad for David Moyes tonight. And the biggest result of the night came in the EFL Trophy, where Pompey booked their place at Wembley yet again, so that's on the agenda as well. That's not on the agenda. I'm just joking. (laughs) That's on the third tier podcast no one listens to. (laughs) I just wanted to see the reaction of Marley Anderson and Lee Whitehouse who joined me in the studio today. Hello, boys. Hello. I'm glad you didn't say a hump day for Wednesday. It winds me up when people say hump day. What's a hump day? Is that one of your sort of bugbears yes you see it on twitter like happy hump day it's like what's what's well, that it's, it's for what the people who only work five days a week clearly you know <laughs> you guys you're constantly working yeah yeah seven day a week podcast lee there's no yeah. rest for there's no hump day for us on football social daily anyway i'm going to start the show by channeling my inner jim salverson and saying shall we begin with a review so oh, yeah uh, oh, let's do okay. it why not uh this is a five-star review and it comes from rob peth in the uk and he says I love the podcast. Really good background listening while working or cooking, which I think is a massive compliment to the show. If you're putting it on while you're cooking your pasta, that's, then that's there's nothing good, better that. than that's that. That's really good. He says Does that the, mean it's only on for 10 minutes, though? <laughs> well, it depends yeah. what he's cooking. He doesn't listen to the whole thing, does he? He's, he's Unless he's stretching the pasta, yeah. like stretching <laughs> it and yeah. winding it and put, stretching it all out. He says, The perfect banter slash chat balance. My only request would be trying to get more people on who support clubs in the Championship, League One or League Two. There is a Portsmouth fan who's pretty good, and I'm not 
even just saying oh, that. Oh, oh, you read this out. Genuinely, genuinely, Jesus. it's there in brackets. I can see it. I don't want to lose the Premier League focus. It's just nice to have someone whose personal loyalties are so irrelevant they rarely come up. <laughs> it's good to know we're irrelevant now. He's caveated yeah. that with that. Well, it's a perfect um, podcast for him today because obviously you're Portsmouth. We've got Leeds, West Brom, and Newcastle being the championship before long anyway. Well, so. it's, it's exactly why we banned Jim Salverson from today's podcast <laughs> when we talk about City versus West Ham later. But first, we're going to talk about Liverpool. They lost last night, and it's not wow. often we come on the podcast the morning after a game, a Liverpool game at that, and talk mm. about them losing. Jurgen yeah. Klopp went full strength, Marley. I mean, I was wondering whether he was going to kind of maybe change it up a bit. Of course, he's been saying for weeks and months that his focus is on the Premier League. I think we all know now that that's pretty much sewn up, isn't Stunning, it? Isn't it? 25 yeah. points ahead, yeah. so he can afford to focus on the Champions League a bit more. He can, yeah. Um, and tonight, uh, sorry, last night will be a, a massive... No, it's not, like, it's not It's not dead and buried by any means. I still... It's still 50-50 as to who goes through, to be honest. But Mm. it will sort of shock him and give him a little kick as as if to say, right, this this hasn't quite worked. Mm. Um, There's a team came with a a set, a a fixed set of tactics. Um, Obviously, everyone knows... Yeah, how, how Atletico Madrid play. If they if they go one 0 up, you're gonna struggle to <laughs> yeah. to break them down. They've got probably, in my opinion, the best goalie in the world in in goal. Oblak. Um, yeah, Jan yeah. Oblak, and he didn't have to make a save last night. So it's uh, it's a little bit worrying for Liverpool that they didn't even test him. Um, they had, I think, they had seventy percent, seventy or seventy-two yeah, percent possession. So they had all the ball to possession last night, yeah. and it was the two banks of four, the classic. Mm. The old cliche, but usually... <laughs> I've got it, I've got the bell. Go on, do the bell. There hey. you go. Um, it's that classic English tactic that, that's worked against, <laughs> uh, against the best team. I, think. Yeah. I mean, if if Burnley were playing Liverpool next <laughs> yeah. and they tried the same thing, it would probably be a different result. But when you've got the likes of, you know, um, Savic and Vesalico and the midfield of Thomas Partey and Saul and all these kind of players, mm, it, yeah. you, it tends to work a little bit better. Like, they were so disciplined and it was, mm, it was, it was yeah. more than one way to win a you, football match. you got to remember that, I mean, Simeone's managed to get Atletico into a position where they're challenging the big two in Spain, which is, in, 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 which is no mean feat. Cause, yeah. you know, and they're well, getting they they won it levels. in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Over the years, I mean, what yeah. is it? He's got them to two Champions League finals, they've won two Europa Leagues yeah. and they've won a La Liga in the time that he's managed the club. Yeah, he's, he's playing against... They constantly play against the two best teams in that country that um, play the expansive way. And he's had to come up with a way of playing against that and defending. And to be fair, he has them so well drilled. And you saw, like, you know, they, you don't let anything through. They are... They are. I mean, they've they come within what ninety seconds of winning the Champions League final the one mm. year, didn't they? It was the yeah. last minute goal, Gareth Bale. Uh, Gareth Bale. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. And, um, so it can't be no surprise that. I mean, their tactics were really good because they came out their first fifteen minutes yesterday. They were all over Liverpool. Yeah. They they absolutely yeah. hammered them, got the goal, and then just went, well, okay, come and beat us. Mm. Yeah. Is it and a surprise? Is it a surprise then that they are only fourth in La Liga at the moment on 40 points the same as Sevilla looks like they might struggle to really get any higher than that this year with the way they're playing is that a kind of a surprise or is it just the Simeone factor that he's running out of steam maybe Marley time is for that, a change and stuff like that it's a, I was thinking about this last night before the um before the game because I was trying to think of how it would, would kind of go um it, it's, obviously it's a surprise that they're that they're fourth however I don't think it's much of a surprise that they're not Really, really like neck and neck with with Real Madrid and Barcelona because uh, they've come. We talk about cycles, and mm. it seems to that they're at the end of one of their cycles in terms of they've lost Griezmann, 
Um, they've had to replace him with the big money signing Joe Felix. Uh, they've lost uh, Rodri as well, um, obviously to Man City. And it, it's just a little bit of rebuilding. And the, he's, had, he's had that squad together for three or four years. I think Thomas Partey has been linked with Arsenal a, a move all over Europe, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oblak's future has been talked about. If one of the sort of elite goalkeepers goes from, you know, Bayern or Man United, possibly if De Gea went or something like that, they would maybe look at him. Um, so it's just keeping things fresh. That's, that's possibly a problem in a week to week basis. I mean, could he go to Chelsea or Black if, if you know they decide could, to get rid of Kepa? He could go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's if. The amount of money in the game now, nobody's going to bat an eyelid at paying sixty or seventy million for a goalkeeper. Yeah, when true. when Allison and De Gea are going for that kind of price, Oblak's in that league, if not better than than the pair of them. Mm. Um, but what it's um, with with uh, Simeone, it's just he's he's never ever been knocked out of the Champions League in a knockout phase to a team that doesn't contain Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, oh, is that right? Yeah, oh, he's wow. never lost. He's never because the only mean. teams that put him out in his time at Atletico <coughs> are Real Madrid in at whatever stage. Yeah. I think semi-final, a, final, great stat. and the then Juventus, yeah. Juventus yeah. last year as well well, when they were three 0 up in the first leg. I didn't realize that Jurgen Klopp's never lost a two-legged tie, a European two-legged tie with Liverpool since he's been there. If you think their first year they they got to the um, Europa League final, oh yeah, uh, of course. and then they've, they've they've been in the Champions League final ever since. Wow. So yeah, yeah he's uh, he's never something's got to give in that. Yes, breaking point, second uh, breaking leg. point. But it's a good point though, isn't it, Lee? Because one nil is almost a perfect result at home against a team like yeah. Liverpool because you're keeping a clean yeah. sheet. There's no away goals, of course, in yeah. the yeah, last you'd... 16 knockout phases. Away goals come into it. It'd be interesting to see how he goes in the in the second. I was watching the uh, the debate last night on on Sky, and they were saying that Glenn Johnson was on, and he was saying that it's actually <laughs> it would have it, it's almost. Yes, it's a great result for them, but actually, it could have been if they'd have lost one 0 it might have been better for Atletico because then then they'd come with nothing to play for and they'd have actually gone at it. Now they've got something to hold on to, playing ninety minutes at Anfield on a European night and trying to defend for ninety minutes is going to be tough. And especially it's with what really we saw tough last again, season with the Barcelona game against yeah. another Spanish team, everyone was watching that game. It was at Anfield. It finished four three, didn't it? I mean, that will. I'm not saying that that will be etched in the minds of Atletico, but certainly that will come into their thinking, maybe subconsciously during the yeah, game. Yeah, I think that. I th- although with Atletico, I think they're just so com- confident in what they do. They know mm-hmm. everyone knows what they do, and every single squad player will know his role. I don't think they'll they'll change. But if anything, they might come with the same kind of idea and try and nick an early goal. And once they've got that, if they can get an away goal at Anfield, then that then puts the real pressure on Liverpool to then go and score. Mm-hmm. So the other thing with Liverpool is we. We talk about, I mean, yeah, they're on this amazing record in English football, which, you know, has been absolutely fantastic to see. And they're probably one, they are probably going to be one of the best teams in history. Yeah. However, this season, they haven't been phenomenal. They uh, haven't been great. 1 0 wins been, here, 1 0 wins like sort there. Of mechanical and like, yeah. like robotic, as so, in, not in terms of the way they play, in terms of like how they just grind out results. I watched them, you know they're going um, to score. I don't think they've been as good this season as they were last no. season or maybe even the season before. They used to smash teams like 5 0 on a regular basis, 4 5 0. We've not seen that no. that much. I watched Liverpool. them against Norwich and to be fair, Norwich played well. They they played with, you know, in the banks and uh, the, the young lad, um, is it Cantwell? Cantwell played, yeah. He had a really good game, but they. They really struggled to break break them down. They didn't create a fat lot. Um, mm. Then Mane come on, obviously he scored the goal, but there wasn't. I mean, everyone was sitting there going, "Well, how are they not winning more?" They, they had the odd, you know, they had some chances, but wasn't prolific. 
I wouldn't as what I'd say. So the question is against a really top top European defence. They're going to need to create. Mm. They're going to have to. They're going to have to. You know, create quite a lot more chances than they did last night if they didn't test the keeper. Yeah. So, um, mm. you know, it's it's going to be difficult for them, yeah. Liverpool. Right? But I, I mean, everyone's saying that they expect them to go through, and I'll probably go with that. But it, if Atletico score. It's going to be that, tough. That's going to be tough then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I said at the top of the show, is this kind of the first chink in the armour? And Steve McNaughton, who I'm sure many of you will uh, will recognise as a Liverpool fan who comes on this podcast regularly, we're all teasing him this morning in the sports social office about, uh, you know, the first crack starting <laughs> to appear in Liverpool season. Is that the case or is that just very much paper hyperbole, Marley, them sort of trying to find any way they can to bring Liverpool down? Yeah, yeah it's the only way you can talk about Liverpool now, isn't it? Until, yeah. like, you can't... You can't write, you know, two or three back pages on um, on the winning again, but you can <laughs> you can on them losing because then you can it's something that doesn't happen often. Like if you cause want want to cause someone to fall asleep on the train and miss their stop, then probably not. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no, it's I mean it's just it's one night, isn't it? Hmm. And there's a uh, ninety minutes in three weeks' time where we can you can erase that no one's going to remember that result if Liverpool win 3-0 mm. no one's going to remember the fact that they got beat by um, by Atletico and they got beat by Napoli earlier this season and look what happens to them then like oh, yeah. they've yeah. not lost a game since Napoli I you don't know, think you talk about stats that's the first time ever that a team that's won the Champions League has lost their first group game whilst retaining the trophy I believe that's, oh, wow. uh, that's yeah. a stat so that, that's interesting um, is the benefit for Liverpool Lee that they've got West Ham next or is that kind of a, <laughs> is that kind of a banana skin? Um, There's the cliche bell for banana skin, but I mean, is that a banana skin for them in terms of West Ham are going to desperately need the points? We'll talk uh, about the Hammers later. Of course, they've got City tonight. Their next two games, City and I, Liverpool. I think it's an ideal scenario for them. Getting a team that I know West Ham are going to be fighting, and and you know everything that comes with that team at the bottom. We're trying to get out, um, get out of those relegation or get out of that relegation fight. But actually. For a team like Liverpool, it's ideal. They yeah. can, it's a team that can go in, they can go and put three or four past them, yeah. uh, and just get rid of it that way. You know, I, what would have been a worst case scenario for them was if they suddenly had to come up against, you know, one of the big teams who can really go and hurt them. Because mm. because suddenly, if you start to lose, if they did lose a game, if they did lose, um, if they played one of the top six and they did lose, say, a Man City or a, or a United, pressure uh, starts to. You build. know, all of a sudden yeah. you've lost two in a row, and there's question marks start to be, <laughs> uh, you know, put against your name. Where, whereas actually, if you can then just go into your next game and go right, okay, we. Gonna... I mean, I think United used to do it all the time, didn't they? They used to struggle in Europe, but then they used to go and put four past somebody, and it was like, oh, crisis over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, this. Yeah. Uh... So yeah, it's probably ideal for Liverpool, if I'm honest, to have West Ham next. Yeah, I mean, the, bad news for West Ham again. It is bad news for West Ham. Exactly. Yeah, we're going to be talking well, about the West Ham thing, later. You always used to dread playing United after they lost in Europe because you knew you were going to come with some yeah, kind of backlash. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the thing, isn't it? That I mean, the sign of a good team is how they bounce back. But the problem is, Liverpool have lost so few games this season, Marley. We don't actually know how they are going to bounce back because we've not yeah. seen it yet. Exactly. I think. Yeah. I mean, when they lost to Napoli, they they went and won in the in the league and just the juggernaut just got into sort of top gear and just ploughed through everyone um and then yeah that's that's it until until now they've only lost yeah. to villa's kids in the uh, <laughs> yeah uh, sorry to villa with the kids in the uh cup so. the, the, the interesting thing though is that, i mean this is where europe you know this was when they're in the elite of europe you know there was no fear by atletico last night they didn't show them you know they were, i think the problem is when they west ham will go into that game and they'll fear them straight away <laughs> wouldn't they yeah it'd be like oh Christ, you know it's almost like 
let let's prevent disaster. Yeah. You know, let, let's you know what what's the lowest we can keep this down. Whereas let's go in there. Right, we're going to go. Here's our game plan. We're going to score, and we and we're going to sit in and sit in and mm. make sure and just cover it off. And that's and I don't even, the problem is that enough, so many teams this year in the Premier League have gone a bit like they did with Man City last year and probably the season before. Mm. They're too scared of going into games. You've already lost the game before you've gone in. Yeah. yeah. Your team the, selection's already defensive. Yeah. Mm. You know, I mean, I've, you know, I've, you, know, you mentioned I'm a West Brom fan. I've watched West Brom uh, for many years in the Premier League and we used to go to places, Man City particularly, and we'd lost the game before we even started because yeah. you just looked at the team sheet going, the mentality, right, we're yeah. just going to sit and defend for 90 minutes against <laughs> yeah. the best team at attack. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about West Ham a bit later on in the show. But now, continuing on the Champions League trait, let's talk about Tottenham. Of course, that Liverpool game finally poised at 1-0 to Atletico Madrid. So we, we await the return leg at Anfield in a few weeks' time. But as for Spurs, they take on RB Leipzig of the German Bundesliga tonight at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff in the Champions League. But Jose Mourinho, in his pre-match press conference, has said there's been the worst kind of disaster for Spurs in terms of their forward line. We know Harry Kane is out injured and we don't know if he's going to be back before the end of the season. But now, Marley, it's been revealed that Son Heung-min has broken his arm. Mm. He actually broke his arm in the first minute of the game against Aston Villa on Sunday, played the entire 90 minutes with a broken arm, scored two goals and basically won Tottenham the game. But now he's going to sit out for the rest of the season, according to Jose, because of that broken arm. How much of a damaging impact could that have on Spurs and their top four chances this season? Oh, well, that could be massive, couldn't it? Um, we talked about how, they, how they're going to replace Kane when he uh, when he done his hamstring, and it was like, if Son doesn't score the goals, then they could be in trouble. And Son has yeah. scored the goals, and he's done very very well, as we know he's an amazing player. Mm. Um, and now he's looks like he's been out well, he's going to be out till the end of the season. Mourinho said that he doesn't see him playing again before the end of the season. So it's a massive, massive blow. They've now got to come up with goals from somewhere else, and they have no, they physically have no, no. other strikers in the squad except Troy Parrott, Troy who's Parrott, eighteen yeah. years old. They so. don't even have Llorente, who they no. could kind of rely on slightly last year. Exactly, they don't have yeah. him anymore. But the benefit, I guess, for Spurs fans thinking would be that Lucas Moura did a job. Lu- Moura, I mean, yeah. he did a job last year in the Champions League. I, Amazing comeback against Ajax and tonight against RB Leipzig. I suppose they're thinking maybe that the oh. same sort of option could be deployed. Definitely. I, sorry, I mean, they've lost 47% of their goals between the, with, with, Kane, and, with wow. Kane and Son. Is that right? That's what the stat is. Yeah, 47% of wow. goals this wow. season they've managed to... That's what they've lost. We've been banging um, out the stats today so on the show. Yeah. It's, a, well, it's a huge... Stat so the stat is a huge loss for them. However... Um, it's interesting. I was thinking this last night with the um, teams of nowadays because they, they were talking about it. And I was thinking, well, back in the day, squads used to have four strikers, didn't they? Back in the back day. Back in the day. Yeah, when know. everyone played two up front. Yeah, four, everyone four, played two, two days. Yeah. Used to have, used to have, now, you know, Liverpool, have only, Liverpool have only got one striker in the rest of their squad. Origi, they, yeah. um, City have only got two strikers in the entire squad. Yeah. You know, these, these clubs don't play, they don't have this depth. Of strikers anymore because they play with such attacking midfielders, midfielders. Score more goals, don't they? Yeah. So, mm. is it such a big issue when you strike? I mean, yes, to lose two is a massive loss to them, and to lose half their goals is an even bigger problem. However, the midfield, because they have got such attacking talent in that midfield, it could actually bring something out in them. They could find something a bit different, and it wouldn't surprise me, Mourinho, to find something that can something a bit different. Lucas Moura, as we've already mentioned, he's got the ability. There's also the opportunity for Ali to go in as a false nine. You could do that, and they could play around him. They've got the mm. young, the new, the new young lad Bergvine. Bergvine. He's played up there on his own before, mm. in his you know in previous clubs. I don't. 
yes, it's a massive problem for them in terms of you've lost your out-and-out strikers and both of them is so unfortunate as well. But, you know, the, the way the game is these days, there's so much being created through midfield. I mean, it, it's a bit like um, watch Chelsea the other night. They actually just brought on Giroud to be a, be a banging force so the midfield can get a bit closer to the goal. Mm. You know, because they, they literally played him as a wall, if you like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Gary Neville makes yeah. the commentary. Bounce everything, off, bounce him, everything yeah. off him to get the midfield around him. Yeah, bring they, players into they play. Could, they could possibly do that. It wouldn't surprise me if Mourinho brought in a centre-half to play him up front as just the man to, <laughs> to win the ball. Yeah. You They've know, got something stupid. Yeah. You know, it'd be yeah. something Davinson crazy Sanchez like that. Up there, yeah. Yeah. You, he, he could he'd do something very different. He'd be sent off rapid if he was up there. No, I see what you're saying, though, Lee. It's a... It's a very, very good point because you see a lot of goals scored from midfield now. I think if you, you know, you, you go back to Manchester City as an example, Aguero, I mean, we know that he's out injured for a lot of the season. Just, mm. you know, he must miss about two months a season for injury or he kind of has this traditional winter break, as I like to call it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jesus comes in and, and scores a few goals. But I mean, if they lose Jesus whilst Aguero is injured, that's nothing. They've got no. nothing there. But I suppose they can still be confident in the likes of Bernardo and uh, yeah. Sane when he was fit and Sterling and all these players to score them goals. Tottenham, though, I mean, in terms of that wealth of midfield, it's not quite the same. I mean, I wouldn't be as confident in putting Deli Alley in to score loads of goals maybe when Pochettino was in charge as I do now with Mourinho. We've seen a bit of an upturn in his form, Marley. But certainly mm. Spurs don't seem to have as many of those sort mm. of players as like Lee's referring to. Yeah, well, they've gone, obviously gone through a bit of a change as well. Obviously, Eriksen's away at Inter now and mm. they've got to come up with, with new ways of scoring goals. But if you're looking at sort of tonight and replacing... Kane, I'd be I'd be amazed if it was anyone other than Lucas Moura up there mm. on his on his own. Yeah, I would. Well. Um, but I don't think he suits. He, you just you lose the best of him when he's up there on his own because he's he's pretty small, he's pretty lightweight, and he likes to have space. And you don't get any of those any space when you're playing on your own up front because you're marked by two centre backs. One of them at Leipzig tonight is Upa Makano, who's one of the high, most highly rated guys in, in Europe. Yes. Under 23s, mm-hmm. sort of next generation of centre back. So he's going to, you'd have to say he, he might struggle against him. So for me, you play, it's aces in places, you play your best midfielders. You play your best midfielder you can. If you're confident, as Spurs always have been, of getting goals from midfield, mm. you play each of your wingers in the best, each of your options in the best, mm. in the best places. So you play Bergvine on the left, you play probably Lucas on the right if Son obviously Son's injured, and then you play Deli Ali behind a striker. That striker would probably for me be J- with, um, Troy Parrott. Why not? Why not just? Yeah. Why not just? Mourinho said he doesn't think he's ready, in. but I guess he hasn't really got much of a choice well, now. He's eighteen, isn't he? I'm, here, I'm hearing a lot of hype about him though. Yeah. Like, as in, he could be very, very good. He's just signed a new contract at Spurs. Right. If there's no path for him now... Well, there's never going to be... To be involved, when's there going to be? Yeah, Yeah, Jose says that he doesn't feel that he's quite ready. Well, he said last year in 2019 that he doesn't, doesn't think... That Parrot's quite ready, but obviously, well, I, I guess that, that was without the son injury, the, yeah, uh, exactly, the kind yeah. of conundrum of that. Yeah. Um, Jose, when he's backed into a corner, Lee, that's kind of when you see the best of Jose Mourinho. Really against it, yeah. the, you know, backs against the wall in the Champions League, against an exciting RB Leipzig side, which we must say is managed by Julian Nagelsmann, who's an unbelievable yeah, young coach, still coach. in his 30s and just doing unbelievable things with Leipzig. Taking the uh, the Bundesliga not by storm, but certainly they've been up near the top end of the well, they're, table all season. They were behind, top for they? ages, yeah. Yeah. so you know they're doing the really moment. well. But I mean, is the Jose Mourinho factor what's going to give Tottenham the edge in, in sort no. of their depleted circumstances? He loves that competition, doesn't he? He knows how to win over two legs. 
you, you wouldn't put anything past him to get. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Spurs got a result tonight because, you know, it, again, it's it's that atmosphere. I mean, they got to the final last year. You know, I mean, I know the final was a dud and everyone kind of said, oh, how poor they they turned up in that game. Well, they didn't um, turn so, up. Well, they didn't turn up at all in that game. But, you know, these this is also a team, take take out the two strikers. I mean, Kane was missing for, for the Ajax game last year and Lucas Moore scored his hat-trick in that game, he did, didn't yeah. he? So... You know they they have got to the final without Kane at this stage of a se- of a season before, so you wouldn't put it past them, and I wouldn't be surprised if there is a surprise in there somewhere from Mourinho, and he, he mm. comes up with some tactical mm. genius if he's still got the genius. I mean, <laughs> this is I mean this is a big test for him, isn't it? Because you know he's he's had the disaster at United that we all well everyone classes a disaster, depending on who you are. I mean if you listen to. Uh, Sean Custis, he seems to think it's <laughs> he wasn't actually such a, a bad um, time for him there. But this is where he comes alive, Mourinho, and you you can never write him off. No. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did do something tonight mm. a bit different and get a result. Just finally then, Marley, when Jose says, you know, it's come at the worst possible time for Spurs, is he referring to the fact that their next three, three fixtures is RB Leipzig tonight in the Champions League, then away at his old club Chelsea in the early kickoff on Saturday? And then they host Wolves at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So that's two other teams, Wolves and Chelsea, with top four aspirations of their own, along with the Champions League tonight. And obviously he was brought in to win Tottenham silverware and break this kind of duck of no trophies for Spurs, the one that kind of the, the spectre that lingered over Pochettino for so long. Has he got a point when you look at those three games coming up? Uh, he, he has, yeah. Um, but this is the the thing that surprised me about January, that when they didn't go and sign any, any new strikers. Because if you get an injury past Christmas and it's serious and you're in the Champions League then you've mm. you're really going to struggle because you've you've still got the cup competitions if you if you're still in them and you've got the league heating up you know every year the top 6 race the top 4 race comes down to the last 3 or 4 weeks of the season at least so you have to have you have to have <laughs> options yeah. and if they get they get stripped away from you it's not rare to have two injuries mm, in yeah. your squad whether it be for two weeks or two months or three months or whatever it is that Son's going to be out for, then so they've kind of just they've made a mistake mm-hmm. in January and even going back to last summer because they haven't had a second striker all season. Um, Stingy Levy strikes again. Maybe, oh, yeah. Well, Kane got injured on the on New Year's Day, I, I believe. So yeah. they they know they knew all in January that he was out for most of the season, if not all the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, I think I suppose the same old problem comes at Spurs though. Who do they bring in? Because which striker is going to turn up at Spurs and go? Well, as soon as Harry Kane's fit, I'm going to be sitting on the bench for the rest of my days. Is that the That's straw that broke difficult. the camel's back? The fact that Kane's so good, it's going to be hard to lure someone of the the quality that Spurs are after to get them into the place they want to be to come and sit and play second fiddle to Harry Kane. Well, that's 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 the the million dollar question. Yeah, um, we we spoke about this a few months back on the on the podcast where we were saying who this exact question who who would come in and play second fiddle to him and it has to be a guy who's at either end of his career either a very promising young striker who's happy to sit on the bench and develop or an old striker who's happy for just to get a bit of game time and get some minutes and a, and a, and a canny wedge yeah. for, for the rest of the rest of the year kind of yeah. thing. Someone like Giroud, for example. Yeah, yeah. the fascinating thing with Kane Giroud. for me is he did, he did exactly what you said. 
and he was at Spurs and they kept loaning him out, farming him out. Yeah. And then he spent mm-hmm. a bit of time set on the bench. And then when he got his opportunity, he took he it, he took took it, it yeah. massively. Yep. And he wasn't just a one season wonder that many people said he was. Anyway, Spurs, they take on RB Leipzig at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium tonight in the Champions League. We're going to take a quick break, but afterwards we'll be talking about Manchester City against West Ham in the Premier League. The rescheduled game after the first one fell foul to Storm Kira. So we'll be talking about that next on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily with GDK. Taste the difference with our quality ingredients and lean succulent beef. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Football Social Daily, your only seven-day-a-week Premier League podcast. All the big news and talking points from the best league in the world. My name's Niall. I've got Lee and Marley alongside me in the studio. We've been discussing our Premier League side's Champions League exploits in the first part of the show. But now, of course, there's only one talking point tonight, and that's the fact that there is actually a match on. (laughs) Not often you get midweek Premier League fixtures. Uh, That's kind of reserved for the EFL clubs, isn't it, Lee, as we all know? It is indeed, It is indeed. The Wednesday nighters, unless you're in Europe. The what? Unless you're... Yeah, (laughs) exactly. The EF what? The EF. Uh, what's yeah. that? No one knows what that is. In the, uh, in the top tier of uh, European club football, that's when you start playing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, but tonight, Manchester City will be playing on a Wednesday in the Premier League against West Ham United because, as mentioned before, the game was called off originally due to the effects of Storm Kira. We're going through a bit of a, a patch of bad weather here in the UK. Uh, I mean, well, it's always bad weather here it's in Manchester. It doesn't really yeah. make any difference. But um, Storm Kira and Storm Dennis have been battering the country. Lots of games fell foul to the Storms. Uh, one of those was at the Etihad Manchester. City versus West Ham. Is this rescheduled game, Marley, kind of come at the worst, not the worst time for West Ham, but is it the fact it's <laughs> Is been, there a good time uh, for West Ham? Well, I suppose what I'm trying to say is the fact that it's been moved to midweek mm. means that it's kind of disrupted a week's worth of preparation, which David Moyes would have been able to do ahead of the Liverpool game. And no one expects him to get any points out of the Liverpool game. But if you need a week's preparation for a game, that was going <laughs> to be yeah. it, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, I see your point. However, on the flip side, you can get both games out the way in the space of four days, and then concentrate on whoever they've got it, after yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Because imagine, you know, imagine losing three nil to Liverpool one week. Uh, sorry, Man City one week, and then having six days to think, <laughs> oh, f- we've got Liverpool next. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it might it might work in the better way from it's like mm. ripping a plaster off. You just do it yeah. quick. Yeah. Take your beating. Mm. Yeah. Which <laughs> Which gonna get. What, what sort of plasters we're, do you use? Just, <laughs> they beat you up while you rip just, them off. Just assuming they get. We, we've written them off already, West Ham. But, but I mean, I'd uh, be so. I'd be amazed if they got. Oh, I'd be amazed. Well, I see yeah. what you're saying though, because yeah. the game being rescheduled so quickly is a positive. Because imagine if they kind of need three points towards the end of the season to get out of it, and they've got Manchester City as their game in hand. The pressure just increases tenfold. Doesn't it you? does. Go, yeah. That's when you. That's when you get the surprise results at the end of the season, though. <laughs> How many times do you see a team that's struggling suddenly go? and beat one of the big the bigger teams Wigan when Wigan were in Against the Premier League yeah just, yeah just every year from like March onwards they turned it into <laughs> bloody Barcelona <laughs> and they, sometimes they, they got out of it and sometimes they didn't yeah but still, like it was hilarious to watch. I used to put Emerson Boyce in my fantasy team because oh, all no. of a sudden he turned into a, like a prime bloody Teddy I, Sheringham. I still got Christopher Samba in one of my old dream teams. I think oh, back in the wow. day, he was a good um, player. Yeah, big Bobby Martinez, Roberto Martinez doing the job for Wigan Jesus. back in the day. Yeah. Um, but no, for West Ham. I mean, we've spoken on the podcast before and I'm sure Jim will be on the show tomorrow to discuss West Ham's exploits tonight in the Premier League against City. But we've spoken before about their fixtures coming up 
And um, you recently, West Bromwich Albion, played against West Ham. And you played sort of a, not second string side, but certainly not a full well, strength he, team. He, and he, you beat them 1-0. He, so. he dropped eight players in that game, um, Slavan. Uh, however, though, I, I've got to say, that result, I know we got through we got through the cup, great result for us. But he, they we were lucky. If you if you were to actually dig into that game and watch the highlights, we if they had a, if they had a bloke who knew where the net was, they they'd have put three or four past us that day. Mm. You know, I mean, we got we got away with it in essence, is what I'm saying. I don't, you know, yes, we lost, but it wasn't the um, yes, we won, sorry, but it, it wasn't the full story of the game. And you often get there in in the FA Cup as well. You know, teams can scrape through. Um, I, I think we were, I don't know West Ham. It's it's just a it's bizarre. I just I suppose, I suppose the point I'm making is the fixtures they've got coming up, Lee. So obviously we know they've got Liverpool, terrible, Manchester City they've obviously got tonight. Yeah. Uh, so their next two games, City, Liverpool. Then they've got Southampton, Arsenal, Wolves, Tottenham, Chelsea. And then we're getting into April now where they've got Newcastle, Burnley, Norwich, Watford. And then the last two games of the season are Man United and then uh, Aston Villa on the last day of the there's, season. So there's some, there are winnable so games there. There's potential five wins there. But there is potential, but I mean, those five wins might not be till the last few weeks of the season. Where if That's you look at I mean, the next yeah. few games, it might be too yeah, late yeah. for them by then. It could be. It could be, but it could, I mean, they've just got to keep aiming for those four points. I mean, I know it's, uh, it's these mythical number, but they're going to have to try and get up to there. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I always find that, I mean, I, being, being in relegation battles for most of my Premier League watching football with West Brom, you know, you tend to find that the results come against the shock te- the teams you don't expect to get them against. It's when, mm. you know, when you go into teams that you expect and you lose, that's really disheartening. But actually losing, if you lose to, if you lose to Man, Man City, then you lose to Liverpool, it's not disheartening because you don't expect to beat them. Where, but then you can, so you're going into the next game still positive. Yeah. And there are some fixtures in there. I mean, playing Wolves, yes, they're difficult to beat. They're going to play you on the counter-attack. Um, they've got you, Europa League again to contend with yeah, now. Yeah, there's, there's an, I think Wolves could fall away a little bit. Um, you got to play Southampton. They've had a really, they've had a really good period of the season, but that that could all come to. You know, there's there's mm. games in there that um, they could go and win. I mean, let's be honest. Anybody outside the top two are all winnable at the moment. <laughs> Leicester are not firing like they were at the start of the season. Mm. It's such a open league, really. Uh, for anybody to go and beat anybody after the top two at the minute, yeah. so you could suddenly see West Ham string a few results together that no one was expecting. Yeah, uh, and then you're going into the teams at the end of the season where you expect to win, and you but you're, as long as you're still in touching distance from me, I suppose what I'm saying. There's games in there that I wouldn't be surprised if they won, um, which everyone's writing them off for. Yeah, barring mm. the next two, mm. I think. Speaking about West Ham, and also we spoke about Liverpool earlier on, something happened uh, on this day in 2007, linking the two clubs. Does anyone, can anyone take a stab at what it was? Can you can, can which, you remember? Can you cast clubs? Liverpool and West Ham? Something happened between them. Liverpool and West Ham. 2007. Oh, did they sell Mascherano and Tevez? They did, them? they <laughs> did. That is well, exactly not Tevez what happened. Them, but Mascherano. Yeah, um, Mascherano. Yeah, massive controversy over uh, Tevez. <laughs> so yeah, that happened in 2007, which, you know, sometimes crazy to cast your mind back and think about that, but... West Ham kind of have always been sort of on the periphery of. I don't want to slag them off too much, but their vision of moving to the new stadium, Lee, wasn't it? Was to, was to kind of become a European challenger. Uh, they've always kind of been a bottom half Premier League club in my mind. Not maybe in terms of stature and fan base and stuff like that, mm. but certainly in terms of over the last fifteen years or so of the Premier League, they've kind of been drifting around that bottom half of the table. You always feel that they they should be better than what they actually are, West Ham. Mm. I've always, I mean, I always thought that. I think the the the, the stadium move was. <laughs> Should have been a positive one. It's ended up being a really negative one from the moment they moved in. There's mm-hmm. always been issues around trouble and 
you know, at the start, the fans didn't know where they were sitting and there wasn't enough seats. I mean, that was all the disaster yeah. when too they first moved. Too far from the pitch Too far from well. the pitch. All, yeah. all of that was going on. Um, you know, I th- I, West Ham's a, it's just a... It's bizarre. I, I've, I, I just feel that they should be better than what they are. But yeah. in reality, is the club wants to be run a certain way. The Golds want to run it as a business. And I think often you... A lot of, a lot of owners do, but not they're not very well-structured... Um, to do that either they're not a well-structured club in the current Premier League era I mean they've only just built the this training ground up now um, yeah, yeah yeah you know there's they've had a lot of criticism um but you know they're a London club they're in you know they're in the top the Deloitte's had them in the in the top 30 the richest clubs in the or yeah, turnover wise anyway um so you know to be making a loss is, is a bit of an interesting one so yeah I'd I suppose the problem is West Ham. They're in London, and there's a lot of London clubs, and they feel that they're because they're in London, they get the pull of all these players, and it does happen. Players yeah. do want to be in London, be where you know the action is in terms of the, the capital and everything else. That they they should be attracting better players, and they should be um, further up the league than what they are. But in reality, unless they put the money in and start spending the money the correct way, then mm. they're never going to get there. Yeah, you talk about spending the money. They did in January on Jared Bowen from Hull City, who's kind of lighting up the championship. He's certainly one of the better players in the second tier. Um, David Moyes, Marley, has said that he's reluctant to throw him straight in against Manchester City. I'm just scratching my head as to think why. His <laughs> mm. reasoning was he signed players from the championship before that, despite the fact they've had loads of game time from their previous clubs, he's wary about chucking them in too early because the intensity is higher in the Premier League and whatnot. If West Ham want to stay up in the Premier League, right? Surely you play your twenty million quid signing, who's you know shown really good promise this season. Yeah, and and this just this whole situation for me proves what I was saying in in at the end of January when we when the window shut that West Ham just panicked and went for Jared, Jared Bowen. Like, there's no doubt Jared Bowen's a good player. However, they were scrambling around and on on that. Uh, f- <laughs> Friday, what was it? Wednesday night, Friday night, whatever it was, uh, the last day of the the window. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh crap, who's available? Because we need yeah. someone." And then they looked at the papers, and Crystal Palace in Newcastle had been chasing Bowen all uh, well stretches back to the summer, really. Um, Newcastle had pulled out because they didn't fancy paying eighteen million. Um, Crystal Palace were apparently negotiating with him on on um, deadline day, but didn't. We're sort of like going backwards and forwards on the personal terms, and West Ham just swooped in at the last minute and just threw money at him. Just like, whatever you want, pal. Like, have anything. <laughs> and apparently he's on it. Apparently he's on eighty grand a week. Yeah, I've he, heard. yeah, I mean, eighty grand a week, and there's a fifty percent drop if they go down. So yeah. apparently it's still be forty grand that's in the championship. That's a lot of money. That's, yeah. that's yeah. an incentive exactly. to keep your new team up in the Premier League. If anything, I've ever heard. But this is the exactly. quote from David Moisley. He's obviously had loads of games. It's not as if he's short of match practice or fitness in any way. But I'm also wary of putting the boys in too quickly. I've had lots of boys from the championship in the past, and I think it's important you put them in, and this is the bit that gets me, at the right time, at the right moment, (laughs) and we'll just take our time and see when it's right for Jared. If there isn't a right time, then now, tonight against Manchester City, pick up points somewhere you're not expected to pick up points and make yourself a hero for a yeah, few days yeah. before you I get spanked get by Liverpool, that. then yeah. why not, why not chuck him I in? Su- I suppose th- there's two things come to mind with that. I suppose the first thing is, has he re- 
it sounds like Moyes already he's already written off City and Liverpool. So he's thinking, why throw him in to dishearten him? Yeah. So, and then let's bring him into the games that we feel that we can take points from. So maybe that's where he's coming from. However, if you're not going to play the boy you've just, you've just spent 20 million on, and what's the point? What is the point of signing him? There was exactly. plenty of clubs yeah. after him. Yeah. I mean, West Brom were after him, Leeds were after him. He'd have took Palace, both of those Palace, Palace would have gone straight Palace would have played him straight, straight away. away. Yeah, he'd have, well, they're desperate in there. I mean, they've got Ben Teke still. It just makes no sense unless, I mean, the other part of this is the, there's no joined up. This goes back to the one where time. No joined up thinking. The manager doesn't have, clearly doesn't have faith in championship players in the Premier League. Mm. So why the hell do you go and sign one? Why go and spend that much money on one? It's clearly the club have signed him and they're just telling Moyes go and deal with it. And that's, but there's no joined up thinking at all within that club. No, that that no, that signing no, no. tells us that. Do you yeah, know what's baffling what's me point? as well? Yeah. What's baffling me is the fact that it's almost as if they're saying they don't want to put too much pressure on Jared Bowen. Mm. Is there any pressure on him anyway? He's coming no, from the championship, really, no, a no. struggling whole city who have <clears throat> admittedly been bang average this season, I think. And, he's, and he, yeah, he's come in. And what has he got to lose? What has he got to lose? Absolutely nothing. I don't see any pressure on him whatsoever. Exactly. You can't pin your hopes on a kid who's come up from the championship and expect him to keep you up. If he does, amazing. If not, then you just say, we signed a kid from the championship. What <laughs> yeah. did we expect? Mm. I think there's no pressure on him whatsoever. I, I agree. Um, also, he's 23. He's not 18. He's not 17, 18, 19, mm. and you're throwing him into uh, a completely new environment. Like he's He's been around. He's played a lot of games at Hull. Mm. fine yeah that's a lower standard than the Premier League however he scored like 20 odd goals he's a, a season for the last two seasons <laughs> yeah he's been good so if your if your team can't score goals and you're you've got a goal scorer on the bench and you think oh it's mm. not quite right for him like what what would what will be right for him when you go back down and you think oh well he can score goals in this division because you're probably not going to be there David so <laughs> imagine you've, the kind of, you've kind of got to you know take your chance not every not every signing turns out like Jordan Hugill and goes, <laughs> you know and goes back to Middlesbrough or well he's banging him in for QBR yeah, this season but imagine the scenes if West Ham get relegated and then next season Hull go up that'd just be the best oh. it, can you, West Ham. the thing is Bowen will score the goals to get them out of the championship that, that's, <laughs> that's what he'll do yeah. maybe that's where the club are thinking let's buy, let's buy a bloke who's taking the championship by storm so if we get relegated we'll get back proactive up signing oh, like to be it. fair if, if West Ham went down and they had Bowen and Diane Garner on the wings they'd, oh, they'd God, come they'd, straight back oh, up they'd come straight yeah, back yeah, up yeah. Yeah. I mean Diane Garner he's a class act I mean, I'll go, Mate, I'll be, with that. I'll be, I'm, I'm stunned they let you I've keep been, him for another six I've months I've been watching him all season and I'll tell you what without him West Brom do not tick so in terms of youth development at West Ham it looks like that, that at least is a positive for them because mm. that, that lad he's absolutely brilliant mm. um, and he's he's an England international in the making I think he's, mm. he's already in the 21s, I'd be surprised mm. uh, if he doesn't make it. So, yeah, I mean, if they do go down next season, they should, as long as they can <laughs> get through the torrid <laughs> stupidness of the championship, which is a yeah. it's a stupid league, crazy league. Wa- um, watch them go and beat Manchester City league. now, what, West Ham, now we've spoken about them like this. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah. But we have spoken a lot about West Ham, and we should probably, probably should mention Manchester City. How angry will they be, Marley? What will the atmosphere be like in the Etihad, do you think, after the news about them being banned from the Champions League for two seasons? Of course, it's the first game they've had since that announcement came out. Are they going to be coiled and ready to unleash against West Ham? Let some of that frustration (laughs) out? Uh, I hope not for West Ham's sake. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting, won't it? Because the thing I'm looking forward to is when they come, uh, when they play the first Champions League game against Real Madrid in a few weeks. Um, That'll be hilarious. But... uh, yeah, I I think this this UEFA thing it will be um, 
a real kick up the arse for, for Man City in terms of we need to win everything this season, lads. Mm. We need to really click. Otherwise, if this ban gets upheld and, and remains in place, we're knackered for the next two seasons. So let's try and go and win the Champions League. And that starts by kicking off the momentum by absolutely tearing West Ham a new one, basically. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah I, I think they, they've got to focus on winning the Champions League. And they, yeah. it's, a, it's a massive uh, two fingers up at UEFA as well. The holders of the Champions League won't are not allowed to be in the Champions League next year. Yeah. It's just a massive two fingers up to them because there's no way that they uh, wanted that. I mean, I don't want to get into the, the whole yeah. UEFA thing, but I do feel that City have just been made scapegoats here. And if it was a Barcelona, Real Madrid, wouldn't yeah. have happened, not in a million years. Um, but in, in terms of, you know, how they go about the, the rest of the season, I, you know, these these boys, they've also got, I mean, to be fair to them, I, you know, if you look at it, they've dominated, some of these players have dominated English football for the last two to three years. Yeah, it, They probably feel like it's been embarrassing what's happened this year, um, even though they can still finish on a really good points talent. Mm. They're going to want to go and win everything. Yeah, that's in front can, of them. They can still know. win three trophies as well. Cause they, they can, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> they can still, they, they can still do a domestic treble. And, talking yeah. about Man City as if they've got absolutely nothing, which is just totally <laughs> not totally the case. Nonsense, yeah. uh, we've reached the part of the show where we talk about the EFL trophy. We, no, we're not really. We've reached the end of the show. I was going to say. Sulfur versus Newport's tonight. Is that so tonight? So you we'll find out our Wembley opponents, not that I care who we're playing, to be honest. Another trip to Wembley. Another trip to Wembley. Can't argue with it. Anyway, we've reached the end of the podcast. Thank you, Lee. Thanks, Marley. I've no been Niall. Thanks to everyone for downloading the podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe if you enjoyed what you heard. Leave us a review as well on whatever podcast platform that may be. Also, give us a follow on social media at The Sports Social. Lots of uh, enjoyable content over on there on Twitter and at Sports Social on Instagram as well. So hit us up on that. And uh, if there's anything you want us to talk about on the show, send us a DM. Can the people slide in our slide DMs, Marley? Yeah, our DMs are open. They're as, as open as West Ham's defence might be to <laughs> so, uh, you know, Just uh, no nudes, slide please. In. We don't we don't accept news on this channel. Yeah, <laughs> the only the only thing the only uh, private parts we've seen is the, the one at Newcastle at Oxford when he was, <laughs> when he started yeah. whipping it about. I don't want them doing uh, don't, don't, coming into our DMs. Boys have seen this. Sky are doing a comparison at the moment. Marne versus Giggs. What an <laughs> absolute joke of a thing to be doing. Oh my god! Ryan Giggs is like one of the one of the best Premier League players in history against some bloke who was at Southampton not so long ago. I'm sorry. Uh, that's just wind me. Right, what that? I'm just like, what? Lee's ready to go again. He can do another 20 minutes. Unfortunately, like, that's it for the show. Thanks for listening. We'll chat to you again tomorrow. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Find your nearest GDK restaurants at germandonerkebab.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.